All right, we are back for 2021 uh, edition of One True Podcast. Uh, on my screen, he's there. He's probably over here. Uh, that's usually how this thing works. But uh, John Werner, good to see you again, Johnny. Thank you, Bryce. Good to be back. And our special guest, uh, a familiar face to us, and he's looking very well groomed, uh, <laughs> is our friend Jason Orts, former Tribber, now with the Las Vegas Review Journal. And the reason we brought Jorts on is uh, because both him and you, John, are uh, Texas State alums. Is that correct? That yeah. is correct. I was there when it was Southwest Texas. Jason was there for both versions. I was. I, I spanned the gap on that one. I, I you know, I, I took a couple of victory laps in college just to make sure I'd graduate from Texas State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It seems like they had a, a variety of different names over the years, uh, for sure. So, well, we did have a president graduate from our school. Who was that? L-B-J. Nice. The only one in Texas. Little the trivia there in Texas, I can say that. Yeah, a little trivia. It was probably Texas State, Southwest Texas State Teachers College back then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I always just knew it as the party school. <laughs> hey, hey. I worked my butt off, Bryce. Oh, sure. Well, let's get into it. So Baylor does make its first ever trip to San Marcos uh, to play Texas State on Saturday. So before we get into the X's and O's and the breakdown of this matchup, uh, as I mentioned, both of you guys uh, did uh, attend and graduate Texas State. Um, and you've also, I think together, correct, been to games down there in recent years? Yeah, so, a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. So what does the game day atmosphere look like at Bobcat Stadium? And, uh, you know, how does it compare to your days there when, when you guys were running around as students? Different right, eras. Jason. Well, I think the tailgating is the biggest difference uh, when you when you go look around. I mean, the tailgating is it's wild. It's crazy, you know, and it was almost non-existent when I was in school there. And, you know, I think you have to remember that when John and I both went to school there, it was only a 15,000 seat stadium. Um, it was just, you know, it was basically a high school stadium uh, that they played in. You know, John, I believe they were Division Two when John was there, the 1AA when I was there. Um, you know, so the stadium expansion um, happened, I think, in 2013. And, um, you know, for certain games, um, you know, I've been there when they played Texas Tech, when they played Navy, when they played Houston a few years ago. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a wild college football atmosphere. Um, for most other games, it's the standard twelve to 15,000 um, fans, but you're spreading them out into a 30,000-seat stadium, and really the game day atmosphere isn't that great. But I would expect it to be pretty packed this Saturday. Well, actually, I uh, predated Division Two. <laughs> it was NAIA when I was there. Oh, wow. That was 42 years ago. Wow. This is pre-Jim Wacker that, before he got there. So uh, you're dating yourself. <laughs> yes, I'm very old. Um, <laughs> I think I went to school with LBJ. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know I was there at school at the same time as George Strait, though. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. There you go. That, that was cool. But uh, our football teams weren't very good back then. 
fans. <laughs> and there weren't a whole lot of fans at, at the stadium. So it's changed a lot, basically, is what you're saying. Right, yeah. Uh, so both of these teams are coming off, you know, two win seasons. Um, uh, you know, Texas State did end up playing uh, three more games than Baylor did last year. Uh, but neither of them had, you know, highly successful seasons. Let's just put it like that. Um, given the fact that Baylor is breaking in a new quarterback, new starting quarterback in Gary Bohannon, a new offensive scheme under Jeff Grimes, the fact that they're going on the road for their opener, which they haven't done uh, very often in recent years, does that give the Bobcats a reasonable shot to win this game? What do you think? How do you guys see this one playing out? Go ahead, John. Uh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think Baylor just has – Baylor has a really good defense returning. Um, you know, almost every starter's back. They're uh, adding Apu Ika, who's going to really, really be a force at nose guard. Uh, Texas State has a really good quarterback back in uh, Brady McBride. Uh, he might give them some trouble, but I think it's going to be a big transition for Texas State because they got so many transfers in. I think they have like 18 in this year or something like that. So, uh, yeah, Baylor's uh, 13 and a half point favorite. I, I'll probably pick them to cover. Yeah, I think um, it's – it's really hard to say just because of what John mentioned there with Texas state having so many transfers transfers are kind of known as a mixed bag. Um, you know, you get some great ones, you get some that just, they don't fall in line and for whatever reason, they don't work out. So I, I think Texas state's really a total wild card in that, in that way. And, you know, you talk about Brady McBride, the quarterback, I kind of call him a, a, a when I'm being nice, I call him a very poor man's Johnny Manziel. When I'm being mean, I just call him a total idiot. <laughs> um, he's one of those guys, he wants to make every play a big play. And, you know, I, I think in that regard, he's kind of the most dangerous player on the field for both teams uh, when he's out there um, because he can make some huge plays. And, you know, and Texas State um, lost a couple of the guys from last year, but they've got a receiving core that can really go get the ball. Um, Isaiah Barbie uh, is, is still there, and he's, you know, one of the uh, one of the top receivers uh, coming back, I believe, in the Sun Belt. And, you know, Texas State, the two wins, uh, you can look at, you know, two and 10, obviously not a very good record, but this was a much more competitive football team last year than it had been the year before. Um, lost by seven to SMU, lost by two in a, in a uh, absolutely heartbreaking triple overtime game against, um, or lost by three um, against uh, UTSA. You know, they lost by three against Boston College and had Boston College beat. They were, that it was 21 to seven with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I don't think Texas State's going to be intimidated by Baylor coming in at all. But I think, you know, just overall talent and just depth and, you know, everything else, I think Texas State will get worn down probably a little bit in the fourth quarter. And I think Baylor will, will come out with a win. Um, you know, the, the public is really big on Baylor in this game. Johnny mentioned the 13-and-a-half-point favorite uh, that Baylor is. I've seen it as high as uh, 14. And it, it started at 10-and-a-half. Mm. So that's mm -hmm. a big move in just a few days. So the public is really big on mm -hmm. Baylor. Now, I always say in that case, you want to fade the public because the hotels out there in Vegas weren't built on winners. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think there's a good reason for for Baylor to, uh, to be, you know, a good two-touchdown favorite. We get that Vegas uh, insight from Jason here. Yeah. He did live with uh, 
the uh, the the gambling uh, uh, guru out there in in Vegas and Jim Barnes, our former sports editor, Johnny. Oh yeah, I mean uh, that was good insight. Uh, that Baylor's gained three points. Yeah, like, just in a few days. Yeah, they usually they usually open the lines. I guess they probably open the lines a little bit earlier uh, for the opener, so it might have been over the span of a couple of weeks. But you know, okay. it's it's been, but it's it's been a pretty uh, pretty steady movement in Baylor's direction. All right, uh, I'll be consulting you when I do my picks. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree with you guys on this game. Uh, I, I think Baylor wins it. Um, what the score is, I don't know. Thankfully, we don't have to pick the score anymore. But uh, yeah, I do in my column. You do, you do. Um, but I, I think you know, John and I have talked about it. I think Baylor needs to win its first three games against Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas. Uh, all of those are are winnable games, and they probably should win. I look at this uh, Baylor bunch as you know, kind of following a similar tra- trajectory as the Matt Rule era when they were terrible that first year, second year, you know, much more respectable. They get in the bowl game and the, and the schedule uh, like that second year under Matt Rule breaks in Baylor's favor this year. They get all the uh, tougher teams kind of here in Waco. And then, uh, you know, that third year is when they made a real big jump, made the Sugar Bowl under Matt Rule. So can they follow that trajectory under Dave Aranda? We'll see. Um, obviously, Matt Rule didn't have a pandemic to navigate <laughs> as well. So, uh, you know, just elsewhere in the Big 12, um, we've got an actual top 25 game uh, that actually sort of jumped out at me when I was looking at the schedule because I, I didn't – uh, no, that Louisiana was ranked, but we've got number 21, Texas, hosting number 23, uh, Louisiana. Now, every year, the Longhorns start out the season ranked in the top 25. Pretty much every year, they lose some game that they're not supposed to lose. They drop out. Uh, I've always said that they're the most perpetually overrated team in college football. Um, and here we go again. So does that mean they lose this one to the Raging Cajuns? What do you guys think? Hmm. Uh, you know, that one's – it's really hard to say on this one too. You know, I think a, a new era in Texas with a new coach, um, it is a very good Louisiana team coming in there. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, it's a team that, you know, made big strides last year and, you know, was a force in, in the Sun Belt Conference, obviously. I uh, believe it was them that went on the road and beat Cam- or Iowa State. Yeah, maybe Iowa State to open open last year. So again, not going to be intimidated by a big environment um, going into a game against Texas like that. You know, I think there's there's a lot of things that we just don't know about Texas at this point. You know, what is a Sarkeesian's offense offense going to look like? I think um, with you know, are they going to feature Bijou Robinson a little bit more? Are they going to rely on? I believe it's Hudson Card, the uh, the quarterback who won the job mm-hmm. there. Are they going to kind of throw him out there to the Wolves and just kind of see what he can do? Early, um, you know, I tend to favor Texas in a game like this um, just because they are at home. You know, they are the bigger, more well-known team and, um, you know, with a new coach. And I think they're going to have a new energy um, coming out in that first game. But, you know, this is a much tougher opener than Texas was probably hoping for when they scheduled this game. Do you think if they lost that game, 
they might just go ahead and fire Stark and bring Matt Brown back. <laughs> well, probably uh, the guy that they should have never gotten rid of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. They they certainly do have a lot of turnover at Texas. No question. Yes, they have. You know, going back to my Vegas thing, I will say that, uh, you know, this game has, has changed dramatically. You know, I talked about a three-point swing in the uh, Texas State and, and Baylor game. This one, Texas opened at 16 and a half, and it's down to eight. Holy moly. I mean, it's been cut in half. Wow. So that is that to me is incredible. I, I think um, obviously the public is, is very much on Louisiana in this game. And, I mean, again, you, you just don't know what you're going to get from Texas. You know, I think Louisiana's defense uh, is going to be uh, pretty tough. But, you know, Texas's talent, I mean, it should be through the roof. It should be off the charts. I mean – Sarkeesian should be uh, just dialing up plays for not Alabama level talent like he had, you know, the past couple of years, but not too far from it. Um, so I just think, again, this is another game where, you know, in the second half talent wins, um, you know, all the game planning kind of not, not goes out the window, but, you know, I think in the second half of games, talent wins out and I think Texas will win, but I mean, seeing it go from 16 to eight or 16 and a half to eight, that gives you, gives you some pause a little bit there for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. You know, like you said, there's a lot of uncertainty around Texas, a new coach. Uh, Louisiana is probably will not be intimidated. I mean, I mean, to go up there and beat Iowa State's a pretty big deal. So, and that was a really good team last year. So, uh, so yeah, I I think it could be a pretty good game. So, speaking of Sark, I mean, do you guys think Steve Sarkeesian is the guy to to you know, take Texas back to national prominence and, and, you know, second part of that question, what do you feel like awaits Texas and Oklahoma when they travel to these big 12 stadiums this fall? Johnny, what do you think? Well, I I'm hoping that the, uh, that COVID won't limit attendance because I, I want to see the fans reaction at every stadium. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of uh a lusty booze out there, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty brutal for both of them, especially Texas. Uh, I think a lot of Texas schools, well, probably everybody in the Big 12 took it personally, but I'd, I'd say especially the Texas schools concerning the Longhorns. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if Sark's the answer or not. Uh, he's been pretty mediocre in his head coaching stance. Obviously, he did a great job at Alabama, but – Man, they had a ton of talent there too, so uh, so we'll see. I, I think he's kind of uh, unproven as a wild. Co- I mean, as a as a head coach, I just don't think he's done that well. Yeah, I think the hard part, or the hardest part that he's going to have down there is that you can't just be a football coach at Texas. You have to be part head football coach and part politician. <laughs> um, you know, the, all the all the boosters and everything down there. You know, as much as People probably won't like me saying this. They kind of run the program down there in, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason Mac Brown was so successful was that he was really good at, you know, glad handing and, you know, making sure that everybody felt like they were important and all that. And some of the guys that they brought in since then, they just wanted to be a football coach. Um, you know, in Sarkeesian, um, you know, you, you hate to bring up his personal demons and his past, but, you know, he's had issues with, with alcohol in the past. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I hope for his sake that he's passed all that, but, you know, this seems like the type of uh, position that's going to be a very high stress, um, you know, type of type of position. And, and I, I don't know 
if, if he is the right guy for the job. I don't know if he has the personality. I mean, obviously, winning cures everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he comes out and he has a, a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 type regular season, you know, I think all, all, all bets are out the door. And I think maybe they'll kind of back off him a little bit um, and kind of let him do what he wants to do. But I do think it is, it's going to be really important for him to win some games and win some big games early. Yeah. I think that's a great point on the on the politics aspect of the uh, Texas head coaching position. And and maybe that just means that uh, Texas, the state, needs to bring back Mac Brown as, a, you know, like a governor candidate or something. You know, I mean, <laughs> the guy was popular, you know, he might be able to mend some fences and stuff. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so let's do a quick little run and shoot of these other you know, kind of key interesting games here, week one of the Big 12. Um, so, John, I want you to give me your take on Stanford and K-State, uh, you know, power five game there. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you tackled Texas Tech and Houston. So, Johnny, uh, K-State, Stanford, how do you see that one? Yeah, i probably like Stanford in a close game. They only played six games last year. Um they, they lost their first two, but then they won their last four. And they've got some, you know, pretty good amount of guys back. Uh, K-State, they were kind of an up-and-down team. They were four and six last year. Uh, that was one of Baylor's two wins, too. Um, so uh, I think they still are kind of rebuilding a little bit under Chris Kleiman. Um, I, I think Stanford is going to be a little better early. So I, I think I'll take the Cardinal there. And, Jason, what do you think on uh, the Red Raiders and the Cougs? You know, I think uh, these are two teams that really need wins, uh, especially and especially these two coaches. I think, you know, Dana Holgerson uh, going from West Virginia to Houston, I think a lot of people had high expectations that he was going to be, you know, able to kind of keep that program rolling. It wasn't even really a rebuild job at Houston so much. as just kind of keep things rolling. And they were three and five last year, only played eight games. Texas Tech four and six last year under Matt Wells. And I don't know how – exactly uh, hot the seat is there but I know that you know I think the natives are getting a little bit restless in Lubbock you know our buddy Chad Conine could tell us a whole lot more about uh, what's going on in Lubbock he could probably do a whole lot better uh, you know preview of this game than I could but uh, you know let's go back to Vegas here it's a six and a half point favorite and tech is a six and a half point favorite it is on the road but it's not at Houston it's, it's at uh, NRG Stadium so I don't think you'll have that on-campus atmosphere that, that you would normally have um, for a game like this so I do like Tech going down there. Um, again, you know, something about Big 12 depth and talent and just, you know, uh, just maybe being a little bit better than, than a group of five team uh, early in the season. Um, and so that brings us kind of to our little final segment. Uh, we always like to close it with a little, you know, we're sports writers. We like to talk about food. And uh, so, uh, Jason, Johnny's taking me to a place called Herbert's. Uh, which, you know, I feel like it should be Jose's or Julio's or something like that. That doesn't sound like a Mexican place to me, but I don't know Herbert's last name. Maybe it's Rodriguez or something like that. Uh, he says it's really good. Um, so where where else, you know, where else is good in, in San Marcos? And, and do you give that Herbert's a thumbs up? I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorites when I go down there as well. Um, Get the regular dinner. You will not be. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Okay. Um, no, it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, just good old school, you know, Tex-Mex ty- uh, style Mexican food, and 
I know you guys are a big fan of that. So I think you're going to enjoy yourself there. Jason, um, you, you introduced me to Herbert's. I did? Yes, you did. Wow. Well, yeah. I feel honored because, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite places. I'm glad that now you're passing on the, the, the tradition. Uh, oh, yeah. So, um, no, obviously, I'm a, a huge fan of the tap room. Um, it's a, kind of a bar, but I, I, I kind of call it a family-friendly bar where there's, you know, uh, there's always a lot of, um, you know, family. I guess there's a lot of families in there, especially early in the day. Um, you know, they've got some of the best burgers I've ever had in my life there. Mm. Um, they got one called the Pounder because it is a one-pound burger. Wow. And, uh, I have taken that thing down many times, and um, it's, it's always a fun challenge when I go down there. It's a lot harder now than it was when I was in college for some reason. I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's another place called Grins uh, that has oh, yeah. a, great, uh, a great patio, great atmosphere, uh, good food there as well. And, Johnny, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you tell them about uh, Gil's Broiler. Yes, that's a uh, that's where the Mansky roll was invented. The Mansky roll. Yeah, it's a big cinnamon roll. Ooh. It'd, be, it'd be the best one you ever ate. Wow, yeah. I've had some good cinnamon rolls, Johnny. We've had good cinnamon rolls at uh, Stroud's in KC. Uh, I've had the Frontier roll in Albuquerque. Uh, that's pretty dead gum good too. Well, now I, I'm I don't quite know the story, but. Uh, the guy who runs the frontier, I believe he's related to the guy in San Marcos. Mm, that's pretty. That's a nice little nugget. That's pretty yeah. good. We may yeah. need to get us some cinnamon rolls on Saturday too. <laughs> <laughs> now that place saying. is tremendous. It's really those are the best cinnamon rolls I've had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give yourself some time to walk them off. But yeah, they're they're really good. Yeah. I know there's I know there's a lot of uh, other really nice places and, and and good food options that have opened up since I graduated from college. I mean, it's been almost 20 years now since I was in school there. So, no. But I still uh, I still like to go to my old standbys. Definitely Herbert's is one of them. Um, Tap Room, Grins, you know, Gills Broiler. I, I definitely like to hit all those uh, stops when I'm down there. My brother lives in Fentress, Texas, which is not far from San Marcos. And um, Johnny is going to meet us for lunch on, all right. on Saturday. Uh, he was saying, he said, do you like coffee? And I was like, no, I mean, he knows I don't, but, uh, um, I was telling him that, you know, in your old age, John, you've become quite the, uh, coffee connoisseur, yes. it's very snooty coffee drinker. So he was <laughs> telling me about some, I don't know, I, I'm trying to remember it now. It was like moonlight or some, some kind of coffee place. So we may check that out too, but, uh, he said, uh, they, have, they have frozen lemonade for the non-coffee drinkers. So. All right. We're there. We, we got a whole bunch of stops to make before the game. I hope we get there on time. <laughs> Let's just skip the game and eat. <laughs> I wonder what kind of shape we're going to be in for the game. Well, you know, it's all relative. We're sports that's, writers. That's true. It's expected. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jason, always great to see you, uh, talk to and you, you guys. Uh, and obviously wish you a great season uh, covering all those Las Vegas high schools, my friend. Much appreciated. We're two weeks in and um, it's, uh, it's it's been crazy. We've had a lot of games canceled because of COVID and that kind of stuff already. So I think at this point, we're just kind of hanging on and hoping that we can get through the season. Yeah, that's a sentiment that I think everyone can appreciate. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. See you, Jason. Thanks,